Bootstrapping? Mental models? Welcome to the Reactor Podcast with your hosts, Justin Vincent and Mark Wilbur. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the party. Hey, Justin. <laughs> I'm actually late this time. Oh, late. Ah, well, yes. no, one, no one at home cares about that. It's um, true. So, yeah, interesting times we live in. Very, very interesting. Yes. It's the uh, downside of it being such a wonderful Fest- festivity-laden holiday time for me here is uh, um, there are lots of noisy drums and clangs and um, little events going on at the the uh, the nearby uh, temples and so forth, which messes up my uh, you know my normal nap time. No, mm-hmm. oh, you got quiet. Oh. hear me now uh say some more hello some more some more yeah i can hear you but you're still quiet okay hold on a second it's always actually you like do something like that yeah so it's oh there we go yeah perfect it's the mute button um so basically obviously what the mute button does is like actually cuts off the usb which is kind of a pain in the ass all right so i guess i won't use the mute button then I'm just pulling a little closer. All right. Yeah. Um, so you were saying? Uh, yeah, I was saying uh, the downside of it being such a nice festival-laden time of year is there are lots of noisy festivals at the, the nearby temples and so forth. Um, lots of drums and clanging and stuff like that. Occasional fireworks. So... Uh, interrupts my normal nap time. So I was uh, taking a nap during our normal show time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Well, so, um, so, so, our, so our president has had um, COVID and recovered. Does this mean that COVID oh, is Oh, oh, right. I, you I know, I, I, was, uh, I was all caught up with the H1B visa news. Um, oh, okay. I think, uh, I think he's... I guess he's how old? He's seventy four, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah. I, I mean, I think he's getting way better care than almost anyone else in the world would. So I, I would expect he'd get better, but uh, um, the timing is uh, is, is sure pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I yeah, like I don't know if they could get someone else on the ballot in time. I don't think they could. Sorry, backgrounding you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so... Um, Did you hear what I just said, though? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Like, well, no, exactly. They could, well, I mean, 
it would be kind of crazy if something bad happened to him and then what would happen? I mean, obviously, but it, I nothing think, bad did happen to him so far. So, um, although a lot, but the, a lot of people have false recoveries with it, so we don't know. Um, oh, really? But, but yeah, like like people. That's like a really common thing. Like people will get sick for a few days, and then they'll be feeling better, and then they'll get way worse after that. Interesting. Yeah, but he's had all these um, steroid injections and all these different things. Yeah, yeah. The best care in the world. Yeah, I'm sure. And well, if assuming he's he's cooperative with what is, I'm, I'm sure they try to give him the best care. But yeah, uh, um, yeah I don't know. I I think if he weren't to make it, that uh, the party would still get to run somebody, but they might have to run them under his name or something weird yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be interesting. I don't think that's ever happened before, I'm, uh, although I don't know for sure. Well, it's not like the first time that he, he'd done something that's never happened before. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, uh, you know, that, that, I guess this, this just shows I don't, I don't really keep up with the news because most of this I'm getting filtered through secondhand. Okay. But uh, one thing that was at the top of my radar that I've also heard people talking about is the H1B visa changes. Yeah, that's been the top of ha- that was the top of hacking news for a long time. Yeah, well, I mean, also like a common ad that I get uh, on my on my mobile phone is, you know, like help to get ready for an H1B. Even, even though I'm American, I guess. Uh, yeah. The uh, the uh, ad networks aren't quite sure who I am, and I I've been living in Asia the last five years, so. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to me because, uh, I, you know, like so many people have been frustrated by H1Bs for a long time. Um, and I think, you know, both the, the people who want more immigration and the people who want less, you know, as well as immigrants and companies hiring them, just like, I think everyone's been kind of frustrated with it. Um, and it's, it's changed or it's, it's going to be changing in terms of, uh, increasing the minimum salary you can have to get one. And it's, it doesn't seem, actually it doesn't seem as radical as, as some people on, on Hacker News had thought because the, the salary cap when it was initially created was a 60,000 or the salary minimum was like $60,000 when it was created. Yeah. But sixty thousand nineteen ninety dollars are about the same as one hundred and twenty thousand twenty twenty dollars. Oh, so it's changed to one hundred and twenty thousand. Uh, it's really complicated. It's 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 gone up, and I think it's going up to around that. But it's based on uh, um, like what percentile, like how experienced someone is, and what percentile they're being paid in. So previously, if they were entry level, they had to be paid at least the seventeenth percentile. And now it's like at least sixty something percentile, and if they why were senior, they that? Uh, why do they have a pay amount? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's not a general employment visa. It's supposed to be for specialists that uh, you know are, are of uh, you know a, a considerable benefit for the U.S. to be able to hire. Yeah, and it, even as it's written into the books already you you aren't allowed to give an h1b visa uh, to someone for less than you would pay a local although that's not how it works in practice like they're 
the H1Bs that I met, you know, even working at Groupon, which at the time was a pretty successful, you know, Bay Area unicorn, they would all make less than, than it seemed like they would have. Interesting. Okay. And it's, it's because, I mean, it's because of a lot of things, but the big one is if you have an H1B visa, you can't change jobs easily. Your job is tied to your employee, employer. Your residency is, is uh, um, tied to your employer. And if you change jobs, you'd have to find someone else that could sponsor you for an H-1B visa. And that, that seems like the thing that they should change to me. Like that would well, be quite good. I've had a, I've had, so I, I think the increasing amount is actually good. Yeah. Um, which I can explain why in a bit, but I, I think, I think, yeah, they, like definitely like just, just letting people change jobs after they're admitted on H-1B would, um, that would actually handle a lot of the downward salary pressure and it would be so much better for those people because you don't want to have, you know, a, a boss that uh, has complete control over you. Otherwise, you know, you can't really negotiate salary. Yeah. And you don't want employees that you have complete control over either. To be I, I mean, I, I have, yeah. I have had that experience myself as an employee abroad, yeah. um, you know, both uh, in Taiwan and then in Beijing. Um, and it was, I mean, obviously, and I still, still had some advantages being native English speaker, um, in Taiwan, at least as, as a programmer in Beijing or in Beijing, maybe I didn't have a lot of advantages, but, uh, you know, I was um, just thinking, um, you have been in Asia for five years and we have no context of that as, as listeners slash viewers at home. It would be super cool if you just took a little video of just like somewhere around your local area, walking around the streets or something just to give oh. us a sense of, uh, of your daily life. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd love that. I, I might be able to throw one up on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't, 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 don't include any uh, incriminating uh, evidence or anything that, you know, uh, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll see me uh, crossing uh, through the grass in the park instead of using the sidewalk. I w the vision I have in my mind is like, um, like lost in translation types of, you know, super dense city uh, oh, okay. stuff. But I, I'm sure, I, I mean, I don't know. Is it, is it like that or is it different to that? Um, I, I have lived in spots like that before, but uh, right where I am is, is uh, a little bit less dense because I, mm -hmm. I live uh, um, near the river. But, it, you know, yeah, there, I, I could travel 20 minutes and be in a place that looks a lot like Lost in Translation. Now I'm thinking, of, now I'm thinking you're in a place that has like little winding roads and rice paddies. Not so. quite, but that, that would that would be like a, an hour in a different direction. Would okay. get me that. It must be. It's it's kind of cool that where you live that you've been there in this kind of crazy. I guess it's just normal for you at this point. I I mean I've seen a like a lot of different places too, but uh, I have I've actually spent more years living in Taipei and its suburbs, which is where I am now, than I have any other city in, in my life. Uh, like since I was a little kid. Wow. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, I spent seven years in, in uh, Taiwan, most of that in Taipei right after college. And then most of the last three and a half years I've been here still <laughs> too. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, but, but these H1Bs, <laughs> Sorry, if, so uh, <laughs> if you uh, like the, the way it works right now, is the uh, the limit 
of what or the minimum pay to get one is very, is not very high. And uh, a lot of people who get them are actually paid less than Americans who uh, are at the same, doing the same level of work because um, just because of the inflexibility to hop jobs. And there's still like a limit on the number that can be given. So the result is, you know, Google or, you know, Facebook or some, some big U S tech company like applies for an H one B or they apply for, you know, a few, a couple thousand maybe, but then there are these, just low end contracting body shops that apply for like a million and, and then it's a lottery that determines who gets one okay. out of everyone that would qualify. Yeah. So like, like the, the companies that are like legitimately trying to bring in experts are often losing in the lottery to like spam applications. So from what, like, what does the new system do? Well, the new system increases the price, so it's no longer profitable to, uh, you know, just claim someone as an expert and then try to hire them uh, or apply for them to get an H-1B and send them to U.S. for 60000 a year. Okay, but does it still keep the limitations? Yeah, I think, I think the, the number limit is the same as it has been. It's just, uh, it, it, so, so I think the effect is going to be very bad for, um, like these Indian uh, outsourcing shops. Okay, it's going to be slightly good for large U.S. tech companies because they'll be they'll be they won't be flooded out by as many applicants, and it's going to be uh, slightly good for U.S. employees because there won't be the same downward pressure in the salaries, and it'll be slightly good for or actually be very good for the people getting the H one Bs. Because they'll get, they'll be getting paid more, and there'll still be the same number getting in. But it's going to be a different number of people getting in. There'll be fewer um, low-end programmers getting lucky and getting in through a lottery. Yeah. But there'll be more high-end people that are getting brought in by big companies. So it's it is good, generally speaking. I, I think it's I think it's moderately good. Uh, I think slightly it's slightly good. I think it's not as good as I think it's better than nothing, but it's not as good as if uh, um, people's employment weren't tied to the company. And there's one new role that I hate, which is they're they're going to start caring about degrees for everyone getting them, except for models. Uh, so okay. like you'd have to be a computer science major to get it. Okay, yeah. I think that's crazy because like lots of that our is really silly best immigrants. Uh, that are best, you know, computing field uh, luminaries who are immigrants were not computer science majors. Don't they have um, like an exception to that? Some sort of exceptional, exceptional person kind of rule? Uh, well, there's a different visa called the O visa, mm -hmm. um, and and that one is probably what what everyone in that former bucket would have to try to go through. Okay. Or like an E three if you're Australian. That's like a there's like a zillion different visas for, for narrow different cases, but um, the O visa is a lot harder to get. Well, how did you do on your goals, Mark? Oh, yes. Um, mostly good. Mostly good. I, uh, I have gotten the requisite number of videos recorded. I've got so much I'm not even sure about releasing them. Oh, so you've done I, your four. I've done four. Wow. And I have... Uh, 
I, I've come up with a system that's going to make it easier to do a lot more also because I've, uh, I've time travel. <laughs> I've thought about, no, I thought about some other video types I can do that are less work. Okay. Cause, cause if I'm just aiming for like a number of videos, um, I'll, I'll still do like the screencasts for all my paid stuff, but for some of the free stuff, like for videos where I just need to keep YouTube going, I can just do a Q and a on a topic that I think. Oh, is, I was thinking, I was, I was hoping you weren't going to say it was like one of those videos I've seen where you go in and it t- teaches you how to code. And then there's a computer voice speaking. Buzz, you. Oh, read, oh no, add that, no. You know, those terrible no. ones. <laughs> uh, no, but I, but I was thinking there, there are things that people ask all the time, either on my site or on any hackers I could answer. And I've done a few videos like that, but um you know, I could, I could have a video on the topic of uh, what is the biggest mistake job seeking programmers make when they choose a language or, you know, stuff like that, you know? And I, and I have, I have uh, lots of thoughts on those things. Hmm. Um, What else? I think I, for like, I think I just, I was, yeah, I was just doing four videos and that was it. Um, Oh, and then also, Sober October, but I changed my mind on that. I think I I picked the worst time possible for that <laughs> because it's like right before all the barbecues okay. and social events. It'd be kind of like in the U.S. if you pick like December twentieth through January twentieth or something it's like like right so that you you know <laughs> like are out for Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, but it always seems like party time where you are. It does kind of, and that's probably because I have a lot of younger friends, um, yeah. but it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go to any wild parties or anything. Um, just, uh, just barbecues and do you get Netflix? Like that. I could. There's a great show, um, called, um, uh, by this comedian, Jack Whitehall and it's, it's Jack Whitehall travels with my father. And um, it's weird when you click into it somehow, for some reason it starts at, at season five, but if you start season one and the reason why I think you might like it is because, um, okay. So he, he's a very, his dad is like 74 and he's sort of um, doing these travels with his dad who used to be a, a media agent, but he's a very proper guy. Like this guy is the kind of guy who would just seem very well placed to be sitting at the dining table with the queen. And, um, his, his son is a comedian who sort of makes fun of him a lot, but essentially is going on these travels around places like Taipei and in really strange places. And his dad really is, has never left England, has never left the Silver Spoon and is really having an interesting time. So they get into it. So it's, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's funny, but it's also educational. Um, and they, they get really good guides. In every, so in every place they go to, Obviously, the researchers found someone who really knows the place really well, mm-hmm. and they go to all you know all the offbeaten parts of it. So it's sort of like a cross between a travel show and a comedy show, and I think it's something you might appreciate. It's cool. I might. I mean, I, I like traveling. I don't. I don't like. Uh, I don't like the normal tourist. Like, yeah. I'm gonna do Europe in four days, and you just spend all your time going from city to city and like getting a picture at the most famous places. But I love you know going you know three months to a place like a digital nomad or, yeah, yeah. you know, just like living in Beijing for a year and a half when I did. I mean, I it, loved that before I had a wife and kids. It's totally changed. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that that's probably why I don't have a wife and kids because I've <laughs> moved so much. But, yeah, uh, um, <laughs> um, so, so cool. So you, so you, did you have a health goal? Um, not except the one I just said, I, I did fast one day. Yeah. Although that wasn't, uh, that wasn't, uh, I didn't have a special goal on that. And I, I also, um, did some, some, uh, body weight exercises, two days, no running. Cool. Which is kind of a shame because the weather is so good for it now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> what else? Yeah. I, I, I kind of, I humble bundle snipe myself. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the humble, the humble bundle uh, sounds kind of interesting. If you've got a lot of free time and no wife and kids and you can do lots oh of gosh. reading. Um, well just, yeah, all the, all those programming books. It's, it's pretty bad actually. Well, tell us about it. Uh, all right. Um, so I, I, uh, I tweeted about a humble bundle, uh, which was like my most successful tweet in ages. <laughs> I said, like, uh, do you want a, uh, an Erlang book, like an intro level Erlang book for $8? Well, you can get it in 14 other books in this humble bundle. And then I started looking at them. I was like, oh yeah, land a list. I, I bought that one. I love that one. I, I spent 40 bucks for it. It's here in this bundle. And then I saw, oh, Eloquent JavaScript. I, I went through that one too. That was pretty good. Then I looked some more. I was like, ooh, yeah, I think I want that one as well. And that one, and I just bought the bundle. And uh, I've, I've spent uh, a ridiculous amount of time the last few days going through some of the books. Um, mostly C++ related ones. And I've got a different book that's on uh, uh, C++ and WASM. Mm. Um, and I've, you know, as, as I told you before, I've got that uh, other book I'd been doing with Rust and WASM and I've, I've got super into WASM. So I'm kind of, yeah, kind of spending a lot of time on, on low level stuff I'm not using now, but. What's uh, WASM? WASM is WebAssembly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, the, there are different ways to make, uh, to make uh WebAssembly projects. You can do it directly through the WebAssembly language, which is super tiny. I told you about before that I made that little checkers game with, mm-hmm. or you can use another language that compiles to it. And the only, the only languages that really make sense for that are like C, C++ and Rust okay. because they, they, uh, they don't have like a whole runtime to, to put into the bundle, which makes it huge. Yeah. So like if, if you make something with like WASM and Go or like .NET, which some people do, um, then you're going to have like just automatically you'll have a few megabytes of file. Yeah, yeah. That has to be shipped down to the browser. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've been, been getting super into that. I don't, don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I know... I know something will will come up. Yeah. Well, it's the same as me and Roblox. Like, it's just, it's just, you know, it. it well, I, I didn't know. No, when I started playing, I was just making carrots. You know, I mean, okay, I wasn't okay. coding. I had no idea, but I was just kind of fascinated. I was like, "This is interesting." I'm, I'm playing around gonna, with this concept. I was going to say you've got a plan to make some money on the Roblox store. Well, that's that's now, but yeah, earlier I was just, you know, I was I didn't have a plan. I was just I guess exploring. yeah sometimes that pays off yeah I think follow your I think follow your passion I think yeah. follow your passion in general pays off like follow the hell yeah follow the hell yeah yeah uh, that's been a dangerous one for me <laughs> why 
because uh, I spent a lot of mo- mo- more time in college uh, playing StarCraft than I did studying. Well, and uh, you are yeah, who you are we'll, we'll because see. of your yeah, choices. That's true. That's true. Um, the thing I like about about digging into Wasm is it's it's uh, kind of living in the future. Like it's something that's definitely getting more important as time goes by. So it's so it, funny you say that. The thing I like about Roblox is it's like living in the past. It's like <laughs> the, the 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 whole environment of Roblox feels exactly the same as I, I feel exactly the same as I felt when the internet first happened, when web browsers first happened, when just you know, and also when Flash happened, which was the second version of that. Mm-hmm. It's like it. There's no sort of standards. It's completely wild west. Like everyone is just having fun just just being sort of in awe about the different things that they can do and it's just not it's not conglomerated or or unified or it's just kind of wild west higgledy piggledy although i think that's often a sign that something is kind of of the future yeah because like it's still it's probably still growing if it feels that way yeah it's a great feeling and that's what you must feel with the wasm thing yeah, like I, I think over time there's going to be a lot of stuff written in it. Yeah, so sorry, I, I missed on what you just said. I, I didn't pick up on what you just said. So the what I just described, you said, was something of the future. Yes, it is I, something. I think of when the, you have that feeling, it definitely is something of the future. It's but, a sign. But I, I've missed, I've missed that feel that I've had that feeling a few times in my life. So for me, it's sort of like a nostalgic feeling, the feeling of something in the future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that just, that just means you spend a lot of your life, like as a, as a bit of a geek kind of like on the, on the leading edge, I think so, seeing what's yeah. coming, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't part of the node side of things um, for that. Jason, Jason Roberts was, and I imagine that it was a lot, it felt a lot like that uh, when node came out. Um, but yeah, yeah, it did. It did because I was I was into it then too. And, yeah. and the reason I met him was he came to my my uh, programming school to talk about it. Oh, okay, yeah. And we we were also you know going to meetups, and there was just so many people who were like, like, wow, this feels like this is going to be a big deal. This feels like like Rails did four years ago, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, that that was like in two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. There should be like, and that, and I guess that's what crypt, cryptocurrency felt like as well. Um, although cryptocurrency is, 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 is a bad boy. I, I get the, well, I, I get a strong feeling from cryptocurrency that it is, it is like the internet was in, in like the late nineties or something. Yeah. Cause it's, it is like wide open. There are no dominant players. It's, it's drawn like this weird collection of like, uh, geeks and anarchists and spooks and bankers and <laughs> yeah that's true that's a good a very good point yeah good way of putting it yeah i i, I think i think what what happened two years ago or three years ago is that that was you know that was all just like scams and hype but i think real stuff is starting to happen now especially in uh in DeFi, like uh, decentralized finance well you know there was there was some people who um who even in the middle of the scam were doing something good, and I invested in one of them called OMG. But um, was that one of the good ones? <laughs> uh, yeah, because because well, obviously I lost a lot of money, um, mm-hmm. and it was a bad investment at the time. 
but I do think that in the fullness of time, it will, it will turn it out to be um, a good investment and will make money. So they, they, they were down to like, well, they were trading at between 14 and 25 when I, when I went in mm-hmm. and they, I think last year they were down to as low as 50 cents. So basically everything wiped out, but then they actually delivered on, on a couple of their promises um, just within the last six months. So then they went, they went up to $9 and now they've settled at about $3.50, which is a sensible price. They have a product and uh, like of, of any of the, of any of them, like they, they seem very good. I mean, they've, they've, they are essentially uh, the D, the what do you call it DeFi. DeFi. Yeah. Um, well, DeFi. Uh, what I called it is that's something on top of Ethereum. That's what they. Yeah. So so what what they what they have is they have like a, I guess like a staking protocol. Um, see, the problem with the, the with the cryptocurrency stuff is it's hard to explain, and it's, it's mm-hmm. even harder to understand, especially if you're not deep into it. Yeah. Um, but basically. The way that oh okay I just looked I just googled OMG DeFi OMG price doubles as DeFi and uh, doubles in the past seven days as record Ethereum fees lead investors to look more closely at Layer Two solutions okay oh yeah it is it is DeFi and and but they I think they were one of the original ones and they already had in place um, a lot of partnerships with companies uh, in Thailand. Um, like basically they're they're just very very legit like the deeper you look into them the more legit they re- you, they seem i i know a bunch of what digital nomads in thailand that went there it's doubled in the last 7 days i don't know what it is now um there was a um there was a coin desk story on it 326 yeah oh that story was from august 20th though so yeah, it doubled that, that was when it doubled it within 7 days back in the summer yeah yeah okay yeah um yeah, I, I, I have I've not looked too much at the alternate coins except one that one of my friends uh, was involved in, with, and then uh, um, you know mostly Ethereum because it, it seems like that's where all the uh, that's where almost all the engineering effort is going. Mm-hmm. But I I haven't dug in too deeply because it hasn't. Um, I don't know. It, like for some like blockchain is is like interesting to me in the abstract, but it's it's not something I'm really driven to spend a lot of time like reading about or, or experimenting with. It's not with. physical enough for me. It's not like, um, it's too, uh, it's all back end kind of thing. You know, it's just a hundred percent back end. It's not enough mm-hmm. front end for my personal taste. If I, you know, if I had a nicer graphics card, I would probably be playing around more with VR. Oh yeah. VR. Yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. It, it's not as, you know, it's not getting as much action or, or attention uh, in general, but I, I'm still pretty bullish about it. I mean, I, I've, I, like, I do have a, an idea for, it, for VR, and I think that if this, if this slider um, concept works with Roblox and then maybe going in and doing a second game, then I, it might become a legit game studio and start thinking about VR, you know, other platforms. Well, you got to ship it one week away, right? No, it's not going to be one. Oh, I think it's. I think. I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be the first of November. The first of November. I mean, it might be out that's before not, then. That's not bad. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's 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 the longest it'll be. Yeah. Okay. Good to hear. And, and I am going to kind of hold you on to that because 
um, I, I've gotten uh, I've gotten some feedback that they're like, why why are we keep hearing about this Roblox thing? <laughs> so who, uh, who why what what's the feedback? Oh, that was just from Liam. He he said like our show's getting better. He liked twenty five, which neither of us did, but I oh, yeah. heavily edited. Um, are we up yeah, to date he, yet? Is it a, uh, no, it's actually worse because I didn't publish one this week. Oh, so I just wait. I just got wait, wait, so sucked into the. Um, the uh, C++ blog. So w- will this show go out in one month? Yes. Yes. Uh, I'll, I will actually, yeah, that's a good motivation for me. I've got to get this out before the, the deadline happens. Well, that, then I can screen share slider then. Cause I, cause then that will force me to put, put the, sh- to yeah, release it yeah, month. we should do that. Yeah. Should, should I do that right now? Yeah. Hold on a second. Wow. All right. What a demo. Yeah, it's it's amazing stuff that used to you know used to need like a top level level developer years ago can now have or, a shit like developer a, like or me like, or like a team <laughs> can have someone who's like oh I've never made any games before I don't really know Lua let me just like mess around and see what happens and, <laughs> and that's in three months yeah that's yeah. Like, I mean literally to the day three months because I, I I was I was going over the conversations that I had with. Um, with um, Anthony, like when I first connected with him to, to, to start thinking about it. And it was three months ago. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. Although I guess you, you did, or no, he's not, a, he's, is he all designer or is he also a developer? All design. He's just doing the building of it. So he, he does the, he's done the islands and the general, he does the games. I, I wouldn't have the patience to actually create the stuff in the 3d space, like the, the, the ramps and all that stuff. So he's, yeah, it's a He's really it, all the assets. Yeah, it's a big. De- it's a really big deal to have him. Yeah. Here's here's the thing I'm kind of curious about because uh, I'm just trying. You know, since you first started working on this, I've been curious about your competitive advantage and like why are you doing this and all that. Uh, aside from the fact that your son got sucked into the game, which got you sucked into it. Um, what? Who do you think like your typical competitors are? Like of someone who makes something that. You know, it's maybe not the top game, but like a profitable game on the Roblox store. Who do you think they are? Are they like a teenager? Are they, um, you know, a game dev who's like heard about the opportunity and jumped in? I think the ones who I'm competing with are more professional. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think all the, from what I can tell, the games that are kind of easier to build and that that a, that a lot of um, teenagers are monetizing really well are these kind of um, adopt-a-pet kind of games. Mm-hmm. Like the biggest game on Roblox is called Adopt Me. Anytime you go in, it's got half a million users using it. And essentially, you just are adopting pets. You know, you can be adopted. You can adopt someone. You're, you're sort of going around. And it's just a very flat, it's a very flat experience that's mm-hmm. just more about like, game mechanics of like accruing right. accruing points buying things winning things um there's the people who i'm really competing with i imagine are proper game developers who who've built like there's a paint there's a paintball game there's another game called ninja legends which sort of stands out you know in roblox there's, and there's a few of them and I, and I feel like they're proper there might just be one guy one or two guys but they, uh, they seem to be, the ones that actually have, you know, effects and people moving around and things like that seem to be, you know, the, I guess the ones that are arcade 
seem to be mm-hmm. uh, seem to be more like a faceless corporation than the ones that are just um, you know teenagers. Okay, yeah. yeah. I guess this. I mean, this would be really appealing for like the uh, the former like iOS lone wolf devs or like a, it, at uh, at the company where I worked uh, in Beijing that was iOS uh, platform for educational apps. We used to call them part-time Pauls, just like yeah. engineers or, or maybe teachers or someone who's, you know, in their part-time, they, they make this, this uh, uh, you know, math game for kids or something and put it on the app store. And they used to pretty much dominate it in 2011. And I think they, they got pushed out by, by like multi-person teams yeah. as time went on or yeah. they pushed into more and more niche stuff. Big cool. And I could see a lot of those people, like, you know, checking out new stuff. Like, Roblox. well, uh, so uh, what I think, what I think is cool is I've seen a few people who started out in Roblox, and then they were in, they were individual, the kind of guys you're talking about, or girls, and then they sort of got to a point where they were like, I'm kind of limited here. I'm going to move over to Unity. I'm going to move over to um, Unreal. You know, I want to just be in a proper proper game dev- development system. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a path that I see a lot. I don't see very many people. I mean, the reason why I'm saying this is I feel good about this because I think a lot of those very talented people probably aren't going to get into Roblox because they're going to be, want to be. They've already got Steam. They've already got their different systems that, and and they can really have super fine control over the games they want. And they create yeah. all sorts of weird and different and interesting stuff. I don't want to do that. I want to just be. I actually kind of want to be confined to this weird Roblox scenario, especially because Jack's in it right now. I could That's imagine that the maybe big thing I think. Yeah, yeah. I could imagine if Jack got you know, if when Jack gets older and he gets into different types of games, maybe I'll you know maybe I'll be more interested in that stuff right then. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Starting to be a game dev um, at at fifty two, fifty one. That's, uh, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the normal path is like you get obsessed with it as a teenager and then you you offer to work for like 70% of minimum wage and take abuse yeah. for 60 hours a week at some game company and then after a while you like you level up into like a, a sort of reasonable job <laughs> it's like the, yeah it's it's like hollywood it's like uh i'm gonna go like be an actor uh, uh, but you I know. know you have to like get a like a a job waiting tables in order to cover it. There's a lot of very counterintuitive things about Roblox. I hope you don't mind. We keep talking about it, but I don't mind. Um, what something that's very counterintuitive is, um, Oh damn, I lost my train of thought, but we was, were talking about how everything was just magically available, both on the server and the client. Oh yeah. That was like it. Old school. So, media. um, so the, the really counterintuitive thing is, from from my business analysis, for whatever that's worth, counterintuitively, Roblox seems like it would be better to dig for gold than to build picks and shovels, which is very strange. In 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 like I would think in most markets, the better thing to do is to build picks and shovels, not not dig for gold. But with Roblox, I just don't think you are going to make anything selling to developers of that system, because because the vast majority of developers are 14 year old kids. <laughs> that is a <the> thing, <laughs> you know, so you're, you're better off um, using the other counterintuitive thing about Roblox is, is that 
everyone's tried to build micropayments that works and no one's succeeded except for Roblox. It's the only example of actually really good um, micropayment system that, that can w- make w- a lot of cash for people. Disagree with that. Tell me. Uh, I, I <clears throat> so micropayments have been a big thing in online gaming for at least 17 years or something, 15 to 17. Um, they, they got big in Korea first. Then oh. um, Chen Tianqiao, the guy that started uh, Shengda, which is called Shanda in uh, English romanization. Uh, he like bought uh, assets from Korean companies as a college student and started doing the same thing in China like 2005 or 2006. I can't imagine why I'd never heard of those examples. Um, well, I, mean, I mean, it's a <laughs> multi-billion dollar company that mm. uh, like us Americans were investing in too. It's oh, like okay. listed in the um, NASDAQ. But uh, right. um, since then, uh, like, like it took longer for them to come to the US, but uh, League of Legends has lots of little payments um, Hearthstone, which is uh, made by Blizzard, it's like a a card game. Hmm. People are you know spending money on you know this little thing and that little thing inside of it, and then um, all the really big uh, mo- like iOS and Android mobile earners have been that way too. Like uh, Clash of Clans four years ago, I don't know if you heard about that one. But well, I stand very corrected. Base. I stand yeah. very corrected, and and let, let me just say I was wrong. It's, <laughs> it's, I, I think it's been, it's the weird thing though, is it's been restricted to games and, and it seems like the strategy that all of these, that not like the indie hacker, but like the massive, like multi-billion dollar a year earning companies have been doing is uh, th- they've been making something free investing heavily into it, making it amazing and addictive. And then inside their, because there's like all this competition everywhere and the hard thing is just to get users. But then once you get enough users inside your little free universe, you can sell virtual things and you have your monopoly inside your universe. Yeah. Um, It's thing, thing that's interesting to me for Roblox is just that they've turned, they've made their own, um, platform out of it so instead of everyone just buying the stuff they've created inside their game they're letting people like you make your games and earn a cut yeah uh no it's very it's very interesting i mean i'm just looking at the front page now adopt me has seven hundred thousand people playing it at this point in time at this moment um blocksburg has a hundred thousand people playing it royal high has 160,000 people and each of these games has these little tiny yeah, I'll you know buy that buy this little thing for a hundred robux. Buy this little thing for fifty robux. And when you've got seven hundred thousand people in the day, you know, generally speaking, that yeah. that turns into a lot of a lot of cash. You know? Well, and and it's it's a power law distribution. So like there will be some whales that spend a ridiculous mm. amount of money mm. on it um, because they spend a ridiculous amount of time on it. Like if you're playing it four hours every day for years it's more like a it's like a an ice skating hobby or something where people spend money on skates and spend money on training and you know you know i have a general rule of thumb that 
from from the the financial research that I did, and they don't really release these figures anymore, but they they did have them going for a while. I think if you have on average a thousand users playing playing it, you will probably make around a hundred thousand a year if you monetize it well. So um, Adopt Me is making around. I think they're probably making about seven million a year type of thing. For uh, for one thousand users. They have seven hundred. They, they they have like five hundred thousand users at any one time. Generally speaking, they've got seven hundred thousand right now, so I'm sure they're making five million a year approximately. So, so your calculation is going from average concurrent users to yeah. income. I think okay. I think I think I think the average the average concurrent users of a thousand equates to between fifty and a hundred thousand revenue, depending on how much how good you are at monetizing the game. And there's like sleazy ways you can monetize and there's like uh, white hat ways you can monetize. So I think you just have to be good at white hat monetization. Um, and I think you can get between 50 and 100,000 with an average of 1,000 concurrent users. And, and I think the, the white hat monetization also leads to more users. Because like, I think with, like with League of Legends, all the, mo- all the money people were spending on it was to make their avatar look cooler and mm-hmm. like get access to all the characters at all times. It wasn't to get like an in-game advantage. Interesting. And if it were, I think, I think it would have wrecked the entire game. Huh. Well, I was definitely thinking of selling in-game advantages because um, the keys, I was thinking of giving you the option of buying the keys. So, because there might be a challenge that's just too hard for you and you want to get onto the next one. Yeah. Well, that, that that's, bad? I, I don't think it is for your game because okay. League of Legends is... Like that is a competitive game that has a professional circuit. Oh, oh like, that's okay. like StarCraft was, and and it's like you know if if we had like a I don't know like if if there were a separate chess tournament circuit where you could spend money to like take away one of your opponent's pawns, like Got it would it. be wrecked. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that, that makes no sense. Yeah, that yeah, makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I I had a, another topic I wanted to mention super quickly. Yeah. That is. Elixir 1.11 or 1.11 is released. And unlike updates I've seen in a lot of other ecosystems, this one is great. Like uh, there, there's no, uh, there's, there's no new uh, cognitive, cognitive load to worry about. <laughs> Basically the compiler got faster. The compiler can now uh, um, check more things and warn you about them. And you get uh, Erlang docs inside uh, the interactive shell. So that's very cool. Yeah, it's just like everyone's quality of life got a bit better. It'd be, you know, that, that was like when PHP seven got released. It was like, yeah, it was like what I do, I don't have to do anything, and all of a sudden I'm like on the same level as Facebook. I mean, like <laughs> my my well. apps just my apps just speed up by like you know two hundred and fifty percent. Like what the heck? You did know? did they change the the semantics of the language at all? They they added them, but they didn't break they them. There were no breaking changes. It, yeah. Yeah. So all, all of a sudden, you just got like ridiculous speed increases. PHP 5? Is that the one that, that brought in namespaces? Probably. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Because like when I, my, my PHP experience is all from when I wasn't really a programmer. Hmm. So I remember back in the day, I had a WordPress blog, and sometimes I would like get a plugin that just clobbered everything because it had a function named the same thing as like some other plugin that I had. Yeah. Um, 
So when, when I when I when I learned what namespaces were, I was like, oh, that's so important. Why didn't <laughs> yeah, they have that? That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, one um, update. Um, so M- uh, Mateo um, with with Hey Hi is is doing great. He's got four paying customers at this point. Um, did he have any paying customers last time we spoke? I think he had one. Yeah. So so he's like, he's up yeah. to four, and he's he's um. He's getting ready to push it out um, to to um, beta list, and uh, yeah, it's this is this is going to be great, and I'm really looking forward to doing that interview with him. Is he going to spend money to push it to beta list, or is he just going to? He'll spend money to get it out there. Yeah, I'd say you you spend two hundred bucks, and then it gets on straight away, and then so that'll be good because he'll get his first round of users, um, and get the the journeys better. It's great. Uh, it's been great working with him. I'm working with him quite closely and just sort of he's going through the usual pain that you go through when you start a SaaS, which is how do I get users to understand my product? You know, how do I, how does a payment flow work? All that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Oh, you reminded me of something I wanted to ask. Yeah, sure. Um, so I got this horrible spam message. Like, like you're, it was like titled like, errors in alchemist camp or something and it, it was just like oh how can you expect to get any growth if you have you know any search engine console errors and blah 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 blah. and we i can you know do a report on it for you and and let you know what the, the issues are for free if you just buy the cheapest tier of my marketing solution but uh there is uh like i'm getting a couple of 500 errors in a search engine console and it's basically from someone hitting a route that doesn't exist. It's like someone is trying to go to alchemist.camp slash epis. Not episode, <laughs> but just epis. Yeah. Okay. And that returns a 500 because like, that's, not a, that's not a valid route. So what do you think? Well, I think Google shouldn't really care, but I don't know. And if they do care, how do I prevent that? Do I... Uh, do I add a rule in my robots.txt to keep it to keep them from crawling that page or what? Yeah. And why are they crawling it? Like it must be a bad link somewhere, is what I'm guessing. You you if you want to be quite specific, you can just have a robots that says only crawl these specific pages. You know, you and you can dynamically create uh, make it so that it's just episodes. I am dynamically making a um, a sitemap.xml. And they're ignoring that? They're crawling everything I put in it, but I guess... They're they're also also, crawling everything else. (laughs) I guess, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, Well, with with your sitemap, can't you say exclude? I don't know if you can do that in a sitemap or not. That's a good question. Yeah. No, because you're talking about robots.txt versus sitemap. Yeah. Have you ever had this problem or something similar? I well, I mean, I probably do, but I just don't pay attention just, to it. You just don't get the spammy email because your email is not on indie hackers. I no, I have had spammy emails about people um, testing stuff out and saying, I you know, I know I can hack, I can hack your site. Um, hire me to be a security fixer, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- this one, well, this one, uh, I haven't gotten that that one yet, but th- this one and a few others I've gotten have been SEO related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, I guess I guess yeah. uh, 
Maybe, maybe I'll put that in my robots, but I won't, won't worry about it too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's too stressful. No. Um, oh, let's do goals. All right. Uh, I still have to go down to uh, Taichung, which is city, the kind of center part of Taiwan. Okay. Um, so that's for another barbecue. So uh, I am... I think I'm just going to go for four more videos. Just four oh, videos. Okay. That's the only goal. Probably going to spend a whole bunch of time on uh, on my uh, programming books I bought, but uh, I'll just stick with that. And then health wise, uh, go going to do for go for one day of fasting. Oh, at nice. least, yeah. Uh, yeah, my health has been quite interesting. Um, my blood sugar has been very good. Um, nice last week. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's the it's the the trampolining. I'm not hmm. sure. I guess the, I also I've taken up the personal trainer and the trampoline. So maybe the combination of those two. I noticed one thing. Is I, is uh, is your house just just uh, the direct family now? There's there's yeah just yeah yeah just yeah okay that could also be. Not so you can anyway. trampoline and not, I, yeah, not yeah, be yeah. self conscious. Yeah. yeah yeah. And so one thing I did notice, and this is interesting, is. When I first got the trampoline, it was before I started with the personal trainer. And as I was like bouncing, if I was to do something like lift my arms up or something like that, it was, I felt a real strain about that, like on Mm. the, on the down because, you know, I'm just not strong. Um, But even like two weeks after working with the personal trainer, I I can do that. And I just feel much more functionally strong again, like Mm. just, just the basic resistance. So I think it's it's really powerful to have resistance and you you know do proper resistance training, even just. Are you, are you just doing like normal weightlifting? No, it's just just like shit, man. It's all body weight, you know. Oh, body it's, weight. It's okay. Just, just basic stuff, yeah. But even just paying attention to it and having so, because like, I mean, I'm just a couch potato. Apart from that, right? right? Okay. <laughs> <You> okay. <know? laughs> like I'm not like you, you know, like like doing proper weights or something like that. I'm just either a couch potato or doing a little bit of something with a personal well, trainer. Yeah. I've only been into a weight room, I guess, once in the past three and a half years. Oh, okay. Twice in the past six years. But uh, I, I, do, I also do body weight exercises. I just yeah. do dips and pull-ups, but I weigh a lot. Like that's, yeah. that's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but um, so in terms of uh, goals for me, um, what, are we on my goals yet or are we still on yours? We're on yours. Oh, yeah. Um, more slide. I, I want to get, I think by this time next week, I'll shoot to have it in some kind of fully playable version where you can unlock, you can get the keys. That might be too advanced, but I'll try anyway. By this time next week to unlock and get the keys, move through the levels. Yeah. Good deal. Nice. Yeah. And health, I'll just keep, doing this trampolining once a day are you still doing the chop diet or yeah yeah i've got, always yeah. got the got that on the go yep really so that. i bet i bet that's helping out too sounds yeah. yeah sounds like it's it's going pretty good yeah thanks nice all right well see you next week then all right good luck have a good one all right later Cheers.